You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This man, I'll tell you what, you'll struggle to find much smarter in the world of rugby league than this guy we're about to chat to, Sats. The most committed man when it comes to rugby league. The most amount of frequent From an flight. international level, not just an NRL level, which is what I love about him. He's escaped uh, the winter in London for the sunny, I think, northern beaches of, of Sydney. I've seen his Facebook littered with him drinking beer with mates. Eating burgers. <laughs> Eating burgers. What a life this bloke lives. Steve Mascord, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Guys, I'm about to dispel that amazing introduction because um, the, today is the 25th birthday of the NRL being formed. And as we know, the Super League world was full of ridiculous things like Buck the Bronco running seven Melbourne Cups during the World Club <laughs> Challenge game. Fireworks in the daytime, Belinda Carlisle falling off stage. So anyway, I thought that I would, um, I thought I would have this uh, celebration with a few people and do that stuff you just talked about, drinking and eating, at the Captain Cook Hotel, which is the closest pub to the Sydney Football Stadium, where all the clubs met 25 years ago today. So I just walked, lovely walk, blissful walk back home. First glimpse of Allianz, new Allianz Stadium. Life's wonderful. I get to the other side of the road. The pub's closed. <laughs> oh, no. So, so, so I'm actually with Brad Walter from NRL.com. We're standing in the deserted beer garden behind the uh, Captain Cook, and we're going to have to relocate. And I, I suddenly hope not too many people are coming. As I was walking here, I hoped a lot of people come. Now I hope not too many people are coming. <laughs> You'll still get tossed out. Now, published a book last year, Two Tribes, which is a, a well-researched and a really good read for if you're a rugby league fan, uh, Masco. And... I go back to 1995. I was playing at the South Queensland Crushers. I was about 23. We started hearing about this possible breakaway competition called Super League. We didn't know a lot about it, but all the officials did and all the executives did. When did you, as a journo, when did you start learning about this possible Super League breakaway? Mate, it was actually – I really hate that question because I'll tell you why, mate. I did actually hear about it very, very early, but only from one source, and I – and, it was, and I couldn't stand it up anywhere else. And as a result, I wasn't able to write it uh, because I, I obviously had to uh, respect that confidence. So I think Alex Mitchell, well, Super League is back on. Uh, that happened the morning of um, the, 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 the Western Reds game against St. George in uh, 1995 over there. And um, I think um, Alex Mitchell from the Sun-Herald asked John Quayle and Ken Upson about it at Kings Park overlooking... You know, the new frontier of, uh, of rugby league, the coast-to-coast, uh, Auckland-to-Perth yes. empire. And, um, and before, uh, before it even got off the ground, um, it, was, it, was, uh, it had been torn apart. So I, rem- I remember that day very uh, vividly, Sats, because I was um, I lucky enough to be on the plane that went to all the new clubs uh, that, that weekend. And, um, and then it was on, wasn't it? Um, for us, it certainly was uh, dominated our, our work life. Uh, for the next three years. Now, I remember it didn't get off the r- ground initially, um, but am I right in saying from memory, Masco, in 1996 that some clubs had round one off if you were playing a Super League-aligned club? Am I correct in saying that? Well, that, yeah, 
Yeah, they 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 forfeited, so um, they couldn't. The the decision came too late. The appeal fell over too too late for them to um, get teams together. Um, I think uh, the Warriors uh, didn't lose their points because they were um, they had a strong uh, Auckland Rugby League sort of grassroots ARL sympathetic um, administration. So they said we will field a team of local park players and we will play. So they didn't lose their points, but all the Super League teams uh, forfeited that first. Uh, uh, weekend and um, it's funny now, isn't it? Uh, all these years later, uh, people are talking lockouts and collective bargaining agreements and what's the worst uh, case scenario. Um, I hope we don't see that again. Hey, Masco, was was this was this all born about? Was it because of television networks or was it Telstra versus Optus? No, it was it was it, it was two things, right? It was expansion happening at the same time as the introduction of pay television in Australia. So. Expansion meant we had two different uh, models, business models of clubs rubbing up against each other. We had the old um, Sydney poker machine uh, kind of membership uh, um, 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 uh, set up. And then we had the Brisbane Broncos and the Perth Reds and North Queensland Cowboys. Not so much North Queensland Cowboys, they were a little bit grassroots. And they were like American clubs, right? They had to make money uh, and they had to um, um, get customers through the gate uh, to pay the players. So they were run like big American businesses, and they obviously wouldn't get on. There's, all, there's always seeds of discontent in the um, Garden of Rugby League, but Rupert came along with a big watering can, didn't he? Because at the same time, they're introducing pay television here, and they needed that content. They desperately needed that content. So all the disgruntled people within Rugby League suddenly had a, very, a fairy godfather, and that's why we had the Super League War. Now, Luke from Southport, one of the listeners, we've asked to send in some questions uh, to ask you, and he says... Uh, Mr. Mascord, we all knew Super League was the beginning of big salaries in rugby league. Yes, it was. Who was reported to be the highest paid rugby league player during Super League? And how much was it? Oh, um, I would say, I would say sort of Laurie Daly and, and Bradley Clyde, and they, and they were up around uh, the million-dollar mark. Um, and, they, and then after that, we had, we had Alan Langer and, and those sort of guys. So um, you mentioned um, 1996 stats, and that's kind of like, um, Mike Coleman, who, you know, yes. I think he lives in your footprint. He might even be listening. Uh, you know, he did a great book called Super League, uh, The Inside Story. And that finished with the ARL winning the, um, the, the, the original uh, uh, court case on October, uh, sorry, at the start of 1996, in January 1996. And then my book starts on October 4 when Super League wins. And, and it goes right to the today. Today is when my book ends. Uh, today, 25 years ago, when the... Um, the clubs went over to the Sydney Football Stadium and uh, there was a big vote of the general committee. Uh, interestingly, the referees got a vote, but the players didn't. <laughs> and it was 36-4 uh, in favour of going into business with uh, News Limited and that's why we had the NRL. Now, who instigated the possible merger to come back between both bodies through 97 into 98, which was the first year of the NRL? Yeah, well, actually, there's a good story about that. I think... Uh, Neil Whitaker's job and Ian Frickberg's jobs were to get the game back together. But Jeff Carr, we all remember Jeff, uh, and um, um, he, um, we remember him, and he's obviously still around. We remember him in his job as St George Chief Executive, and we remember him uh, as Communications Manager at the ARL. And he was out jogging one day, um, and uh, he saw um, Ian Frickberg, who had just come back from England, and Ian Frickberg signalled him to stop and said, do you think Neil would like a meeting? And so they arranged these secret uh, meetings. Uh, and in fact... Uh, we had, I had a guy called Bruce Kerridge, who was actually a consultant to the ARL. Last night, he came to Lee's Fortuna Court Chinese Restaurant, which is where Frickberg and Whitaker shook hands on the ARL 
the night before these meetings. And um, so, so that they had these secret meetings, and in the end it came down to um, what, what is the structure that might work, and then they had this meeting over the road uh, today, 25 years ago, and the ARL clubs agreed to get on board. Did you still feel throughout the 1998 season, in, internally, Masco, did you still feel as though there was still that Super League ARL stronghold? There was a real arm wrestle into which teams were really the strongest out of both those, both those uh, formats? Yeah, well, Wayne Bennett, I interviewed him for the book, because if you've read that chapter, and he still takes great pride in the fact that when uh, Brisbane played Newcastle for the first time up in Newcastle in 1998, he said it took us, um, it took us 60 minutes, but we got them. Um, so there was still really a point to prove, uh, you know, that the, 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 the Super League uh, felt that the ARL had been built, you know, they, they kind of won the PR battle, certainly um, in New South Wales, didn't they, the ARL. And a lot of Super League figures thought that that was undeserved and that their competition was every bit as good as the ARL competition. So, yeah, there was plenty of points to prove, but, but Sats, a lot of the points to prove were off the field, of course, because the competition, you know, had to, had to go down. Uh, to, to, uh, originally, it was supposed to go down to 14 teams. Um, so there were a lot of teams merging. Uh, my favourite team, Illawarra Steelers, had to merge, and we ended up with the Northern Eagles and the West Tigers, and, of course, we lost Adelaide and Perth and Gold Coast and... And this is the big reason why you're not hearing more about the 25th anniversary today. We've also lost South, and that's nothing. That's something the ARL aren't. Oh, sorry, the, the ARLC and the, and the NRL are. I'm sure they're not proud of. Is there anything, Steve, that you were researching for the book that you something that just came out of left field that you found out that you never knew before? Something that's so significant that uh, that you can't believe that you you finally learnt of it. Look, there, 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 were, there, were, there were lots of them, lots of them. But the one that I referred to a little bit earlier was I spoke to Damien Kelly, who's a radio reporter, you guys might know him, and he covered these uh, talks here um, 25 years ago today, uh, just across the road from where I am at this closed pub. And uh, he said that, uh, and, and, and he said that um, um, he went, yeah, afterwards they went to a, a restaurant at Crow's Nest called Lee's Fortuna Court Chinese Restaurant. And um, the, um, the, the, TUE, the boss of TUE said it's, Free food, free alcohol. You've had a long season. Peace in our time, uh, you know. And um, the, the the restaurateur uh, Stanley Lee, uh, he said, "Why weren't you here last night?" And uh, Damien said, "What do you mean? Today's a big day. What do you mean last night?" He said, "He said last night, Mr. Frickberg and Mr. Whitaker they sat over there and they shook hands on the deal and then they toasted with some port, and um, <laughs> uh, which is an amazing story, right?" Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, I, I last night I went in there last night, um, and I, I and believe it or not, Sunday night. Stanley Lee was working 25 years later. And I asked him to go to show me where uh, Mr. Frickberg and Mr. Whitaker had, had ostensibly created the NRL. And he took me over to the table and said, this is where they sat. This is where, although he remembers Mr. Frickberg going in there all the time. And even though he told Damien Kelly the next day about what had happened, he doesn't recall it anymore himself. And neither does Neil Whitaker. So I suppose we've only got Damo to trust on that one. <laughs> um, Any... <laughs> Isn't most, that amazing? The NRL, yeah. NRL was created in a Chinese restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I saw the photo on your social media uh, yesterday as well, Masco. Um, friendships were lost over this. Who are the biggest? Yeah, I think um, I think um, I think John Quayle and rugby league, in a way. Like I think I think that's that's certainly one of them. John Quayle um, left and went to SoCog, and 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 basically, although he was he, he was never involved, he wasn't involved again until. 
uh, the Nathan Tinkler, you know, he was involved with when Nathan Tinkler was doing stuff with Newcastle. Uh, but that was the first time he became involved. So the most famous rugby league administrator alongside Ken Harperson of our lifetimes now, never went to grand final, never went to a state of origin. Mm. Um, and, and to this day, is still at arm's length from, from the sport. Um, and, 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 and John Rebo and John Quayle were never good friends or anything like that. But I think, I don't think that, you know, there's certainly um, no, has been no contact there, you know, in, in a quarter a century. But, you know, I worked with Roy Masters and he talks about his great friendship with uh, John Rebo, who he coached at West and how that really, uh, that was really fractured during the Super League period. And, and now they're best of friends again. And interestingly, I really like the story of, um, of, of, of Ken Arperson and John Rebo, that um, uh, Ken Arperson basically rescued John Rebo's career when he suffered a neck injury, signing him up at Manly and was his mentor. And that um, even after they were on the other side of the worst conflict in the history of the sport, that they you know, still remain uh, friends today. So uh, I was really surprised. People, everyone involved in the story have more, much, much, much more in common than 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 they have that uh, divides them, and uh, that was a great part of a great part of doing the book. Yeah, great stuff. Now we have a lot of Newcastle listeners, Masco, and I know the Newcastle Knights through that ninety five, ninety six seasons. They, you know, led by a Paul Harrigan bus trip to the ARL headquarters. It was quite significant, wasn't it, to try and keep a stranglehold on rugby league heartland for the ARL. Yeah, and um, Paul Harrigan tells the story of that in uh, the final chapter of the book and how he feels it's been you know, misrepresented over the years. And even the conversation that led to him getting in the bus, uh, he said that has been misrepresented. And um, uh, talking to him, I said uh, uh, this morning in one of his sister stations, uh, asking Paul Harrigan to explain the Super League War uh, was like asking uh, Luke Skywalker to explain Star Wars. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he, I, I think Paul Harrigan is the star of the year. But when he spoke, he spoke like Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, he actually... He actually summed it up better than anybody, even though he was right at the centre of it, which is a rare, a, a rare person and a rare intellect, you know, to be able to, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, he, he, he was amazing. But uh, speaking of closed pubs, guys, and for people in Newcastle who, who are listening, I can guarantee that the uh, Queen's Wharf Hotel up there tomorrow night around this time won't be closed. They know we're coming. And a few members of the 1997 team have said they'll be there as well. So um, hopefully um, tomorrow night um, the door will be open and everyone can have a, a good time there tomorrow night. It's the first actual book launch in Australia for, for two tribes. Yeah, great stuff. Make sure Newcastle listeners get down there. It'll be a great night. Um, now we've got a text here from Rooster Muzz. Uh, it says, years ago, myself and a few mates were tipping schooners down our throats at the mighty Windang pub. <laughs> And we had to stay there overnight because of major flooding. I'm not sure if Masco was there, but can you please ask him about it? I'm sure he would remember. Sorry. Now, um, I just noticed a whole bunch of people uh, who are here and they wondered why the pub's closed and I just waved them. So I heard half of that. The flooding at, the flooding Wind, at which, which Wind, venue? Sorry, Windang that? Pub. And you were all flooded in. Yeah, well, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, that was when I was a little kid, though. I, I haven't lived in Windang since I was a little kid, so I don't. I don't. I actually was thinking of going. I, this is kind of boring, but I was thinking of going down there, maybe the second or third, and just the people who live in Windang now. Now it's like Bel Air. Luke, <laughs> Luke Bailey lives there. It's like full of full of celebrities. So um, I'm looking forward to going back. But no, I, I, don't, I remember um, floods in Windang when I was a little kid, uh, but I don't remember any since then because I left there at the sort of the, I guess, I guess early '90s. So yeah. So let's look at the last 25 years in the NRL era, only the NRL era. Who's the one player for Steve Mascord that stands out as the number one player of the last 25 years, Who, in your opinion? Well, I didn't realise this was going to be, this is your life. I would have prepared better. Um, <laughs> Andrew Johns, for sure. Yep. 
Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson's the best player I ever saw. And I, not just because he had natural talent, but because he stood in the front line and upended players, and he did all the hard work as well. And he trained, he trained really hard. And yeah, I consider it an honour to have uh, watched him play. Some, some of the, some, sometimes from the sideline, guys. Which was, uh, a, you guys have both done that. It's a special, special honour to see to see sort of talent that up close. Masco, before we let you go, you said you had a funny story for us too, just before we put you on air. Ah, uh, you didn't rate the story about the pub being closed. Oh, funny. Oh, was that it? Oh, I didn't. Oh. Well, yeah, it's it's funny-ish. Uh, mate, listen, work on your gear as you do your tour uh, as you head up the coast. Now, wait, you're going to Newcastle tomorrow, and you said you're going to be on the Goldie uh, in a message to me the other day over Christmas, New Year's I, as well. No, I want to. I want to come. The bit, the big issue I've got about coming to the Goldie is just making sure I've got books because it, there's a bit of a lag time. Um, so. Um, if I if I get if I sell all the books tomorrow night and then there's a few in Queensland where I'm going for Christmas, my relatives uh, have got some. Um, but but if I haven't got any books, I'm not going to have. It's like a pub with no beer, yeah, um, right. a, a book launch with no books. So, um, but I do want to come. I'll definitely come to the Goldie. I'm going to the Dolphins first game. I actually timed my return to the UK um, to coincide with having watched the Dolphins first game, and I go back the next day. Oh wow! So, there you go. And I actually. And my, my wife's birthday is three days before the Dolphins' <laughs> first game. And um, What are you more excited about, Masco? Uh, <laughs> listen, we hope you find a place well, to have no, a beer. No, Muzz has just said, tell Masco to go to the Olympic. It's now open and just up the road. Uh, but, mate, but I've already told people the cricketers are. <laughs> like, I just don't... Oh, this is too hard. <laughs> It is. It is. But thank, tell, tell Marza thanks for the advice. Mm. All right, tell, tell me, And maybe I'll do the Roosters. I might do the Roosters launch. I want to do one for, if I can, for as many clubs as I can who played in 97. So I might do the Roosters launch at the Olympic. What do you reckon? There you right. go. There you go. There you go. Get All to right. Newcastle tomorrow night. Queens yeah. Wharf. Yeah, Queens Wharf Hotel in Newcastle. We'll give it that plug again before the end of the show tonight. Hopefully you'll get to meet Glenn. Thanks. Glenn up there as well, one of our great listeners. He won't be too much of a punish. Uh, Two Tribes is the book uh, by Steve Mascord. Thanks for your time on Sports Day, Masco. Good to catch up. Yeah, no worries. Someone's ringing me to ask where I am. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't forget, you can listen to Sports Day every day from Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. Queensland time.